The Action Network Podcast, named Best Betting Podcast or Radio Show by the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association, and the number one show for the invested sports fan. Ready? Ready. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. What's up, Degenerate Nation? Welcome to the Action Network podcast. This is the football betting weekend review. I'm Stucky, and with me, as always, is Colin Wilson. I'm ready to rant about Texas, so I hope you're ready to listen. How was your weekend? Listen, let's just come out of the podcast hot, all right? Let's not li- – you. we've known each other a long time. Let's come out hot. Matt Mitchell, play that Gus Johnson clip. I want to hear it right now on the podcast coming out of the gate. I want it hot. On behalf of all of Twitter, of all 34,000 followers, what game were you watching? Texas was not the better team whatsoever. Were you watching this on another planet? Did you mistake this for UTSA? What were you watching? They were not the better team. I was watching the game that I called. I said, I want Oklahoma is the best first quarter team. Check. And then you'll get a good number on Texas, which is why I've had a seven, a seven and a half. Debatable, good and, number, yeah. And uh, I said that the difference will be Spencer Rattler mistakes. And he was awful. He got fucking benched. <laughs> he did. So he had horrible mistakes. I'm not saying Texas was the right side. I'm saying it's fucking disgusting that I couldn't hit any of my live bets between three and seven and a half in a game that – it needed an Oklahoma kicker to shank. A, he, it was 69 to 69 in kicks. And then it has to end in, what, the fourth overtime by eight? And if it just gets to a fifth overtime, the new rules, you could only win by a max of two? Like, that's that would have won every bet then. Every live bet from Let, three to seven and a half. Ugh. Let's clarify that. Let's pull the reins back and clarify this for all the listeners out there. In college football, in case you didn't know, when they go to five overtimes, it's just two-point conversions, two-point conversions. It's not any more of – make a touchdown, get six, go for two. It's flat out just two-point conversions. So Stuck is sitting good on all of his live numbers if you just get to five overtimes. Like, I mean, or, or, or it ends before four overtimes. Because right. in the third overtime, Texas gets the ball first. So if Oklahoma does score a touchdown, then the two, they might have to go for two or the two would win it because Texas didn't get it. Like, there's no way to win by eight. Right. Oklahoma couldn't have won by eight in triple overtime the way that the people got the ball. So the fourth overtime was the only way that I lose plus seven and a half. Listen, that is the second worst way you could ever lose a game. The first way, which we have not seen, is to lose in five overtimes plus and holding three and a half. And, like, the two-point conversion gets ran back. I mean, that we have yet to see that. It's going to happen someday. But, listen, I don't know. I think, really, we can argue about the game. We, don't, we really don't have to argue about the game. Oklahoma's 99% post-game win expectancy. You mocked me on the, on the, the clip. We got we to gotta play the clip. You gave Mitchell and I some hell. Hey, thanks, Callum. This is Action Network podcast producer Matt Mitchell. Late Saturday night, I received uh, three extremely long voicemails on the Action Network podcast Bad Beat Hotline. They were all from Stucky, drunkenly ranting and threatening me personally if I were to ever play the Gus Johnson clip that you just heard of the Oklahoma kicker missing the game-winning field goal in overtime. I now present to you those voicemails from Stucky, slimmed down from about 10 minutes to two minutes. Please enjoy. Mitchell, go f*** yourself. Gus Johnson calling the shank. Because I'm going to use this clip forever. If I ever hear that on the podcast, ever. Walking out, gone. Find somebody else. Find somebody else from Arkansas. I can't believe I lost the amount of things that had to happen for me to lose a million things. That was the last overtime. Because new college rules goes to five overtimes. We do a trade-off two-point conversion. That's, that's a new rule. I forgot, which makes me feel even sicker. 
Oh my gosh. That's the rattler. The whole cat was him throwing pets. He gets f***ing benched. I'm so happy we have college football. And Mitchell, if you ever f***ing play that clip of Gus on the podcast, I'm walking out. I'll go f***ing work at 7-Eleven. We love you. I'm back. Stop. Spencer Rattler gets benched? Are you f***ing kidding me? Gamblers is my podcast. I'll ramble what I want. Now I got to hear Colin talk about how he's like, yeah, Oklahoma's winning. I knew Oklahoma was winning. Good God. Yo, I'm back. <laughs> Third time. I call. I'm going to make you listen to this, Mitchell. You think you're going to play that clip of a shank? A guy who's 69 and 69 field goals and he can't make a chip shot? And you're going to play that clip? Do you understand how small we are relative to the size of the observable universe? Imagine the unobservable universe. Don't think about it. Life is meaningless. The only reason that we're here is to sweat games and yell in the voicemail and make you listen. That's the only reason we're here. But you realize how meaningless it is. And then you'll remember that we just need to get to work at the overtime. Obviously. I love all you guys. I can't wait to scream at Colin about that game. Oklahoma, 99% post-game win expectancy. I don't care who's supposed to win. I'm talking uh, about my live bets and how bad of a beat it was. So, That's it. I don't care. You can, you can give them 130 post-game win probability, are, and I'll are, still scream about are you it. Mad at your, are you mad at the game, or are you mad at yourself? Everything that had to happen – for me to lose that. And I already had enough bet. All I wanted was like, I wanted above three and, and then some above seven. So I got that. I mean, at the end of the day, I said that Oklahoma was going to get out of the lead. You can get a good number on Texas. Rattle will make some mistakes. Like all that happened. And then like, you know, to- a total yards perspective, yards per play. It was a, a dead even game. It went to four overtimes. Uh, I do think Oklahoma was a little better overall, but yeah, it's, it wasn't like, they beat Texas down. That'll be – it'll go down as one of my worst beats. Luckily, I had a winning day, which helps with it. There you go. Uh, I had a losing day overall because – that you won't see on the app because of how much money I did have. I don't post that many live bets on the app because it's just irresponsible for some. But let, let me step back here. We're going to go through the college card on Saturday. We'll do – we'll start with a quick recap of the NFL. We'll talk some Monday night football, as we always do. And then uh, we'll, there's some weekday college football. So I know that NBA is leaving. The, the Lakers are up 730 points right now, I think, the last time I saw. So that's over. We do have baseball every day, uh, which is nice. But, we, you know, we're getting rid of some sports here. So it, it's nice to have some weekday college football. We know the Mac is coming, but we actually have some Wednesday and Thursday night college football. So we'll get to those two games. But first, let's uh, – well, we're, we can scream about some college. And uh, we're going to listen to voicemails, obviously. We can scream about some college results in a little bit because there are there is a lot i want to yell about there's a lot i got right and a lot i got wrong same but let's start in the nfl i'm just going to go through a quick rundown of uh everything that happened here let's start with uh the ravens they win easily 27-3 over the Bengals at home rookie quarterbacks continue to just flop in baltimore against their aggressive defense i mean just historically in baltimore they've been awful joe burrow was just under constant pressure that offensive line couldn't hold up uh, and it was just an easy cruise for the Ravens, who held the Bengals to three yards per play. Nothing to see here. Uh, we knew Chicago held on for a pretty lucky win, 20-19 uh, on Thursday night, to improve to 4-1. and one. A 4-1 and one team that no one even in Chicago believes in. It's just funny to say. It's like there's not even like anyone out there trying to defend Chicago as like a legit team. But they're 4-1. and one. So that's, you know, enjoy it. Pitt wins 38-29, sort of a fortunate cover if you laid the seven and a half. This game was back and forth. And again, Carson Wentz mistakes, the difference. He threw two picks. And this was the coming out party for Chase Claypool. They call I him mean, Mapletron. Mapletron. I mean, he was a four touchdowns and another one called back, I think. I mean, absolutely unbelievable. The Pittsburgh and their receivers. Pittsburgh next week, you know, Pittsburgh is undefeated still. They will get the four and one Cleveland Browns. The four, the Cleveland Browns win pretty convincingly against the Colts. The Cleveland Browns have won another football game. Cleveland rocks. Cleveland rocks. Cleveland rocks. 
It was Philip Rivers' mistakes. That was the difference there. Mayfield did have two picks, but he also had two touchdowns. Rivers looked awful. He was under pressure a ton. Miles Garrett looked sharp. He was coming off that edge, just disrupting everything. And we know that Philip Rivers is a statue. So if you're getting pressure on him, things aren't going to go up. The Browns are a legit playoff contender. You want to take a flyer in a Super Bowl future? It's a team that could trend. It's a, good, a team that could be peaking by the end of the year as their defense gets healthier. But the coaching, the game planning, the play calling with this new staff and then their upgrades in the offensive line, they're putting Baker Mayfield in much better positions to succeed in that offense. So the Browns with an impressive, impressive win, a game where they closed the favorite, there was high expectations, and they didn't vomit everywhere because that's usually what happens in that spot. Carolina. Moves to 3-2 and two with a win over the Falcons, 23-16. I mean, the Falcons are just a dumpster fire. And, of course, predictably, Dan Quinn gets fired after the game. But, I mean, the Panthers put up close to 450 yards, 6.8 yards per play. I mean, Matt Rule has done a great job there. And Brady and, you know, all that so much roster turnover scheme changes after no preseason. It's really impressive what Carolina has done. Uh, one of my worst win totals. I have an under on them. I doubt that gets to the window. So Carolina moves to three and two impressive start to the year for them. And it's also a tough start to the year for running backs matter crowd. If there's anyone out there for Christian McCaffrey, like Christian McCaffrey is like, Oh, it's the best back in the NFL by far. And like he goes out and Mike Davis is just the now he's the best back in the NFL. So he's been awesome in McCaffrey's place. Uh, Arizona gets a win over the jets. I mean, uh, people, what number does the jets have to be for you to bet them? I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they're going to the chargers next week. Chargers are going to be eight, eight point favorites. I ain't bet the Jets. You give me 30, maybe I'll bet the Jets. I just don't bet the Jets. He was by 20 at home today to the Cardinals. They're 0 and 5 against the spread. They got Flacco back there. I mean, I, I don't know what. I mean, that's just, it's a disaster. Everything that's going on in New York, including the New York football Giants, who are also 0 and 5. The New York football teams are combined 0 and 10. At least the Giants have fought. You know, that they've fought the last two weeks, they were close against the Rams. This Dallas game was close. They lost to the Bears by four. They lost to the Steelers. They didn't cover by 10. They did get blown out by San Fran. But at least the Giants are, like, competing and are close in some of these games. So you can feel a little more comfortable about putting money behind them. They do host the Washington football team next week. But Dallas does get a win. The big storyline here is Dak Prescott. I mean, that was hard to watch. It obviously was not a cramp, Tony Romo. Not a cramp. Um, Hopefully he gets back to health and he can get paid. It's Andy Dalton time in Dallas. He can still do things with that offense, but the running game is not the same with that because the offensive line is just in pieces and the defense still stinks. So they also have a good offense. The the thing is they could get to the playoffs because uh, what five and 10 and one could win the NFC East. But that's that Prescott's out for the season. So they're no longer Super Bowl contender. Even if they, I don't even know if they were with him, maybe they could have got there, but Without Dak, no, you can write them off as a Super Bowl contender, but you can get to the playoffs and make some noise. Miami, um, this was the – by the way, this is the survivors all go down. All of my – I went down all my pools. My plan went to pieces. I took the 49ers. I was sitting there laughing. Karma's a bitch. I was sitting there laughing at people that had the Chiefs. I was like, this, this plan is working perfectly. I don't want to take the Chiefs. I'm going to take the 49ers against the Dolphins. And the Chiefs lose outright. I'm watching the Chiefs lose outright to – to Vegas, 40 to 32. Their defense was horrendous. Raiders did enough to stop Mahomes and win that game 40 to 32, especially in the second half. I think the Chiefs only scored eight points. And what a huge win for Vegas. And then, you know, a lot of people go down in survivor pools and maybe money line parlays. And then San Fran, I'm sitting there and I, one of those days where it's Fitz magic. Fitz magic. Fitz magic. It's magic. I know the entire San Fran secondary was out, but Jimmy G was awful. He got benched. They said it was precautionary, but he got benched. He was 7-17 for 70 yards with no touchdowns and two picks against one of the worst defenses in the NFL. So Miami holds on to win 43-17 at San Fran in an absolute bloodbath. That game was – result was never in doubt. Houston, it's the post-Bill O'Brien era. Houston is 1-0 against the spread, 1-0 straight up. One of the first things you saw that with Romeo Cornell, he went for it late. I was dreading this. They were up, I think, nine on fourth and two at like the 30. 
with like six minutes to go, I'm sitting with a Houston minus six ticket. I'm saying, oh my God, they're going to kick the field goal and Gardner Minshew is going to go right down the field and get the back door. Cornell decides to go for it and Watson throws a touchdown pass. They end up covering, you know, Bill O'Brien's kicking that field goal. Like, you know, he is, but uh, the Texans get their first win of the season. Los Angeles, all, all Los Angeles does is beat up on the NFC East. They, I mean, they beat the Giants, they beat the, they crushed the Eagles, they beat the Cowboys, and now they beat Washington. Those, I mean, those are their four wins. Um, they win 30 to 10. The offensive line was phenomenal. They, I mean, it was, it was great. I thought that was going to be the difference with, with Washington. I had Washington plus eight and a half. Obviously, it hurt that Kyle Allen went out. It was a great story that Alex Smith came in the game and, like, awesome to see from a human story perspective but once Kyle Allen went out I mean what Alex Smith averaged 2.2 yards per attempt he was throwing it like one yard down the field I, I mean yeah, yeah that's not going to work in the NFL uh he finished 9 of 17 for 37 yards I mean so yeah golf but golf was successful throwing the ball the offensive line held up it's it's playing a lot better than it did last year which is one of the reasons the Rams are a real contender and trending up uh that'll do it for the Sunday NFL recap let's move on here's a word from our sponsors at betmgm the official odds provider of the action network podcast the nfl season is upon us and our friends at betmgm sports are offering action network podcast listeners a great sign-up offer just make your first deposit using the bonus code ActionPod and receive a hundred percent deposit match up to five hundred dollars They've got parlay bonus payouts, live betting markets, daily odds boosts, all sorts of great stuff. So download the BetMGM app today or visit BetMGM.com to sign up and use the code ACTIONPOD to double your bankroll with a 100% deposit match up to $500. As a reminder, you must be 21 or older and physically located in the great states of Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, or West Virginia. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia, or 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promo offer not available in Nevada. And now, back to the show. You've already listened to my rant on Texas, Oklahoma. We're done with that game. But we have other voicemails, so let's get to those. Bad beats, back doors, and miracle covers. However you're feeling, we want to hear from you. You have reached the voicemail box of the Action Network Podcast. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Let's check this week's messages. Hey, just really quick on the bet regret. Is it possible that you bet the over in the Alabama game, but because there wasn't rain that you could just be angry the entire time that you didn't bet more, like your mortgage, your cars, maybe like everything? on that game going over. So, bet regret, didn't bet the house, still won. And really quickly, it's important. As sure as the sun goes down, as sure as the stars will shine, as sure as Bodog Jim will never beat his rival, as sure as it is, you will never, ever, ever lose an over in the Red River shootout. I think that's our first poem, our first poem in the voicemails that we've had. I didn't watch much of that game. I, I had so much other action going on. I was out at the bar, uh, intoxicated, as you could see. I was released from the health department after being in my house in quarantine for two weeks. So I didn't get to watch as much of that game as I wanted to. What happened there with the total? Were you, were you like, did you come away a little concerned about Alabama after that? Or just give me your, your read well, on what happened there. Saban uh, came out and said a couple hours before the game, or at least it was released, that he said that he thinks that the field conditions completely are going to favor the offense. And that made me a little – I mean, I had already bought out of it, you know, the under 74 and the over 69. So I was, you know, uh, a prayer that it would shoot through the window. But truthfully, it was just, you know, defenders couldn't stick any blocks. These, these Ole Miss wide receivers head fake three times before they actually make their real turn and take a catch. I think a lot of the Alabama defensive numbers are going to be skewed. Uh, I think you're going to think that they're outside the top 20 in a lot of these defensive numbers, especially in the secondary. I think Ole Miss is going to wreck a lot of teams' defensive statistics, and I don't think it's really – I mean, it's just a game. I think when you play the Ole Miss offense, you got to throw your defensive numbers out the window. So no long-term concerns for Bama's defense. I have no long-term concerns. I will get into it later in the week about what they're going to do with Georgia. I think field conditions – did benefit the offense, and I think Ole Miss is just wrecking people's defensive statistics. Fair enough. Let's move on. Stuck. Man, buddy, I'm sorry. 
That was as brutal as it gets. My lord, with that f***ing overtime insane. I'm an OU backer, but I don't even feel good about winning that bet. I don't, because they they deserve to lose that game. Uh, I don't even know what to say. Oof, brother. I'm sorry. If you want to talk about cardiac arrest, just feed me that overtime every single time. My God, I was an OU backer, and I am still sick to my stomach. I will never, ever back Spencer Rattail Evel again. Bucky, Colin, just calling to remind anybody that might have forgot that it is Brock-tober. It's Brock-tober, baby. The best time of the year. What's up, Brock-tober? I had a little piece of some Brock-tober in a Moneyline parlay. I had to throw him in somewhere. So I, went, I, so I can't say that's my bet or regret that I didn't bet Iowa State. Uh, I wish I'd bet them more. But, yeah, they went 31-15. Iowa State covers again. Uh, I guess we should just cross off the Big 12 here. Uh, well, Kansas State beats wins at TCU. I mean, any thoughts on the, either of those two games? Well, I mean, with Iowa State, I don't, I didn't, I never understood what the steam was. Started to get worried because we saw what happened with Virginia Tech last minute. You're telling me 15 unbelievable freaking guys are going to be out on the defense. The entire secondary has been wiped out and because of that. We're not going to play Hendon Hooker more than like four series. So when I see an Iowa State number at 12 and a half, 13 all week, and it floats all the way back to 10 in the morning of. I got to start going through a digging process. This is just today's world. I, you know, the NFL is freaking out about COVID and games getting moved. Welcome to college football because I'm seeing Iowa State lines move all the way back to 10, and I'm wondering, is it Purdy? Is it the defense? What am I missing here? Because this is Brocktober. There he goes, Brock Purdy. We should just keep playing Iowa State and, and stay blind about it, but – I mean, that Virginia Tech game, I don't want to hop over, you know, outside the Big 12, but that Virginia Tech, those last-minute announcements really, really, I mean, it was evident with 100 points being scored in that game. That didn't even make me – I know that that's going to happen sometimes and you're just going to get screwed in 2020, right? You're going to have guys that just – hey, there's 15 guys out here. I, I just don't get why we, we aren't playing Hooker the whole game. Like, he's clearly their best quarterback. Right. Like, what is Virginia Tech doing? Unless his conditioning um, wasn't there, which was not what Justin Fuente said. Yeah, he said he's a full go. He said he full was a go. full go. So that, yeah, thank you. What the fuck? A full go is four plays? Four <laughs> plays? That's full go? Maybe he meant to say four go. Four plays go. I don't, I don't know. North Carolina's offense finally looked great, but, I mean, it was against all backups for Virginia Tech. And Virginia Tech almost got back in that game somehow. Amazingly. Um, they almost scored more points than the two basketball teams did in the ACC tournament back in March. Yeah. Crazy. Hey, Colin, great pick on Oklahoma. I can always count on you to make money like usual. Stocky, you are a dumb <laughs> You lose money every week because you're a It is so funny. It is the highlight of my weekend to watch you lose money. You suck. If you ever sit in a bar with Stucky, first off, he's always going to buy your drink. Second off, he doesn't need books or he doesn't need Google. And it doesn't matter the sport either. So, I mean, I, he doesn't need anybody to defend him. I'll say one more thing about the OU-Texas game. That, Stop! <laughs> yeah, I, we have to do it. I have to say good, good. The, the no. handicap was that they couldn't get to Spencer Rattler. They had one quarterback hurry and one sack. I just want to get that out there. I just want to get that. That OU had like six hurries and seven sacks. Like, I mean, that was a huge difference in the game, but. That's it. We're done. I, I'm not this. saying you were wrong about the game either. I was just saying I'm gonna have to hear you talk about how you were right. When I mean, my bets were different than your bets. You know what I mean? Like my yeah, bets yeah. were were live bets, and like I Texas had issues again defending the run. Um, I mean the defense is just not good. Uh, and uh, but yeah, you, you had a good call in there. All right, let's move on. Adam in L.A. Well, there's four minutes left in the first quarter, and North Carolina's up twenty-one nothing. Sam Howell is doing whatever the. F- he wants this Virginia Tech defense it's going to be a long day. What's up, boys? Trey here in Montana. What the f*** is up with college kickers? We get the pit kicker hitting a 58-yarder to send the game to OT and then misses the extra point to tie it to send it to double OT. I had a perfect chance to cover pit six and a half. God It's week six, and I'm already tired of hearing Pitt's defense touted as the 85 Bears of college football. This team is f***ing garbage. And I gave up on them, and I thought the game was over. Oh, boy, here we go into overtime. Six and a half is still alive. And what do you know? 17 yards. This is a gimme. And he f***ing misses it. Are you f***ing serious? At least it's Brocktober. 
I feel like that was a subtweet at me, uh, the hyping the pit defense, because um, <laughs> I have and did. And uh, I looked brilliant for the first couple weeks, but not so much lately. Um, Pitt loses 31-30 to BC. BC did give up 30 points, but if you look at their defensive metrics, I mean, last year it was so bad that there's nowhere to go but up. But Halfley is doing a good job there, just scheme-wise, that their defense is – a little more respectable than it was last year. You know, I mean, last year they, they probably would have given up like 45 in this game. The pit defense, Jerkovic threw for 360 and three touchdowns. They got carved up by NC State last week. I don't know what the hell's going on. Well, I mean, to, to back up the whole – yeah, I mean, to back up the whole pit thing, the Havoc the havoc numbers, the Havoc ratings are done here as we're sitting here on Sunday evening, and Pitt is still number one, and BC's ranked 14th in defensive Havoc. So, I mean, that's all aided by Pitt having already – 52 tackles for loss, which is, which is hilarious. Like Marshall has eight, right? <laughs> like Georgia Southern has nine. Pitt has 52 tackles for loss. So, uh, you know, they are an aggressive defense, uh, but they got exposed by Boston College. Yes, they did. Uh, all right, moving on. Hey, guys, Nash calling. I have to start off this call with a big f*** you to Leach and the Mississippi State Bulldogs. How the hell do you only score two points while giving up 160 yards on defense and lose by more than 20 points. them. So I actually bet Kentucky, I can admit this, it was probably, I just said I was at the bar all day, it was probably a heart bet and a bet that, by heart bet, I mean I don't care if Kentucky wins or not, but every, I had one TV that I was allowed to control in front of me, that my wife, my wife's like, here, you can watch this TV. You can let me know whatever game you want on. But all the other games had to be on Kentucky. Like, they rented out tables and they had a social distance. But, the, you know, the Kentucky has to be on everywhere because people come to watch the Kentucky game. So I was like, am I really going to sit here with, like, the, all these people cheering for Kentucky and it's going to be on every TV and I'm not going to have any action on it? So I bet Kentucky. And I, I, the first thing I tweeted out after, I mean, it was amazing to me. I mean, how do you give up 150 total yards and lose by 22? Mississippi State. They beat the defending national champions by, by scoring 14 trillion points. It set SEC school records, the first, first game under Leach. Then they only score 14 against Arkansas. Obviously, the scheme makes a difference here. But, and then they only scored two points against the Kentucky pass defense we know is, is bad. So <laughs> explain this. Explain Mississippi State. Well, first I'll say we only hit two of seven in the round robin parlay. Tommy DeVito got knocked out for Syracuse. Marshall and, and uh, Western Kentucky were complete flops. But this game, this game was enough to get me to, like, leave my entire entertainment setup and go take a walk. Six offensive turnovers, four interceptions by K.J. Costello. And if you watch the game, which I did, I think they got to the goal line three times. I know on one certain occasion, KJ Costello took a snap at the goal line, tried to hit a slant, and hit a Kentucky defender who went 95 yards and took it the other way. KJ Costello threw it directly to the numbers on Kentucky on, on blue jerseys. I've never seen a worse performance. They should be kicked out of college football. I should be in a penalty box like hockey-wise for even betting on that stupid-ass game. Leach, this is what you get for filming a high production video on a wagon saying, I got room for everybody to jump on. Is Miss State still eligible for the college bowl playoff? According to other writers at other places, they're going to make the, they're going to make the playoff and win the national championship. All right. Let's cross off the rest of the sec here real quick. We got LSU. I mean, look, you want to talk about a fraud. This LSU team. I can't downgrade them enough. I don't know. I mean, look, I had Missouri, right? You had Missouri too. I thought that, I was in danger of losing that game, even though I felt so comfortable the entire game. Like, there was a, a – LSU's first touchdown was on a fourth down conversion. They converted fourth and five near midfield. The second conversion – the second touchdown, Missouri didn't convert a fourth and five near midfield. The third, Missouri fumbled inside their own 20. The fourth, Missouri, like, fumbled a punt inside their own 15. But that was LSU's first 28 points. And the game was, like, still tied. Missouri was doing whatever – they wanted – they finished with 586 yards of offense at 8.6 yards per play. <laughs> I mean, absolutely ridiculous. And they beat uh, the national champs 45-41. to 41. Um, We were both right on that game. The game that I was right on that we went head-to-head on was A&M. The handicap for me, 
And I don't think your handicap was a bad one. And I, I know that you got some A&M live. Yeah. But I said that, look, everything I've seen from this Florida defense is A&M's going to be able to finish drives. And that's all anyone did in this game was finish drives all game. So this LSU-Missouri game and this A&M-Florida game, there was no defense, none. Uh, no one get a stop. The first half, there was eight drives and eight scores. So this Florida offense, national champion. National champion quality, right? They can't – I have SEC futures. They can't win the SEC, and they can't win the national championship because of this defense. That's it, and that's what cost them against A&M. And uh, it'll be interesting to watch who could get a stop at Florida LSU. We have a caller coming up that will talk about uh, what I think is the main culprit in LSU's defensive problem, so I'll let them handle that. Bolpolini season in full effect. But if you'd have told me that LSU was getting a shut, one of the best shutdown corners in the nation back and Connor Bazelik was going to throw this entire game and Missouri was going to win, I'd have been shocked, absolutely shocked. But as far as Florida, Texas A&M goes, Jesus. Uh, Florida, number one in the nation finishing drives. They're averaging six points every time they cross your 40-yard line. They are having no problem scoring whatsoever. Texas A&M's defense is, I believe, bottom of the barrel in allowing teams to score. Uh, so that's still a problem. Uh, so we'll see what comes of that. Yeah, I was just happy this didn't go to quadruple overtime. Same with Texas A&M <laughs> plus seven. By the way, I, that's not my first time it's ever happened. I had U- USC and Stan- USC against Stanford plus seven and a half uh, in Halloween, like in 2011. And it went to triple overtime. Stanford gets the ball, scores, goes for two, goes up eight. USC gets the ball, goes down to the one, hands it off, running back fumbles it through the back of the end zone. <laughs> the game is over. Um, I hate overtimes. They're so fun, but I hate them if I have like plus seven. <laughs> just get me to five overtimes. It would have been so fun. I, I, every number I would have had would have won, and I could just enjoy two point conversions going back. I mean, how many times would they have gone back and forth with those two teams? Yeah. Anyway, I, I, I keep saying I'm done with that game. I keep going back to it. All right, let's move on. Both podcast favorites of Meep Meep and UTEP, Minor Nation, winning the spread. I'm celebrating with a pizza party with our guy, Colin. Stop. What's up? It's minor mother effing nation. And, of course, tonight we easily cover the spread again. I mean, that was never in question. But you have to look at the stats. The whole game, we got screwed. Please watch it again. We had 12 penalties for 128 yards. They had three for 35. Box score fraud. Even though we cover spreads, we should be 4-1 right now. And Anyway... Minor mother effing nation. Woo! Uh, all right, we love minor nation. After Texas, Oklahoma, uh, losing that, it would have been devastating to bet UTEP and UTSA, knowing the voicemails I would have got. Like, these bad teams you bet. I would have had like 30 voicemails that would have tilted me even more. So, yeah, it turns out BYU is not the greatest football team in the history of right. football. UTSA plus 35 was uh, a little inflated. They, BYU wins by seven, stays undefeated. And then we have UTEP catching 15. I was surprised by some of that steam. I don't know if it was COVID-related late. And they lose by four against Louisiana Tech. And, yeah, it looks like at Minor Nation, we were with you. We were all on UTEP. We're talking Minor Nation. Out in the West Texas town of El Paso. Picks up. Minor Nation. UTEP finishes with 261 yards. La Tech 210, three yards per play. UTEP's a real football team. Yeah, they're, and they're actually uh, don't I don't want to say this out loud, but a little bit of a live dog this week here, I believe, at home against Southern Miss too. So that's I mean that UTEP fans, uh, if you've been waiting for three years or four years, however long, Stock and I have been doing this for a week, where we say it's time to bet UTEP, you may be able to cash that ticket in year four. So uh, just we'll wait to see what happens at the end of the week. But I mean to to I'm going to be honest with everybody. And we could bet UTSA, by the way, plus seven against the Army. Yeah, to go back to the UTSA thing, Kalani Sataki talked about the fact that UTSA used tight ends so much. He was worried about it. I almost threw them in the round-robin parlay. Now, can I come out and throw a 35-point dog and, and advise people to bet that money line straight up? I'm going to tell you right now, I had some of that ticket. I didn't throw it in a round-robin parlay, but there was just something about that game. That was – if we go back to playing best call, worst call, bet regret – Best call was UTSA by far with Mississippi State being the worst. UTEP being, you know, bet regret along with Clemson. You know, I mean, that that was uh, – UTEP is a play-on team. They're going to be a play-on team here against Southern Miss. 
Uh, and that UTSA game, that, that was the easiest 35-point cover in the history. But you know what? I think we're going to get a different BYU team against Houston coming up on Friday. Well, that, yeah, that, we'll talk about that game on uh, the Thursday podcast for Friday Night Lights. And it'll be interesting because Houston, well, they're minus five in turnovers. And, and so they were yeah. a little sloppy in their first game, but still covered and won easily. Set a total right now on Houston versus Ole Miss. Set a total. <laughs> uh, 84 and a half. No, over. Um, <laughs> You're I mean, over. Sheesh. If we were we to talk best call, uh, my best call has to be. Come on. I wrote about it. I rambled about it on FCS or no. Uh, Citadel, then there's Super Bowl, plus 31 and the under 51. Never in doubt, baby. Army wins 14-9 uh, against all these backup Citadel players. The box score, dead even. Dead yeah. even when these yeah, two options identical. play each other. That's, that's it. They know how to defend the option. It's, it's like it, Army's out here beating other teams, like fit, FBS teams, 58 nothing. But doesn't matter. It's a different ball game, and you have to throw your models out when you play these two option teams. That's my best. I don't care. That's my best call. Yeah. My worst call, probably the Bobs. I mean, Texas State got drilled, and uh, I'll give you some credit here. I, I, I walked into a. I just felt so bad about. I, I walked into a bear trap with Miami. Clemson had ever, ever, I mean, that that play they had where the offensive lineman didn't move, and, I mean, they were just laying low. And, I mean, this is this was the spot that you would expect from Clemson, you know, hearing all this Miami love, and they come out and roll. So, you nailed that game. Yeah, I mean, that was you – know, they completely shut down Derek King. What are they out them by 400 yards? Yeah. Complete – I mean, Clemson by 25 should have been 50. Very misleading final score, even though, I mean, it's still a blowout. But it – Box score is even worse than that. And by the way, I just might bet. I might just not do any work this week. I just bet Arkansas State, UTSA, and uh, UTEP. It's just that's what I'm going to do for now on. Ah, uh, kidding. By the way, my bet regret. Every gambler knows that feeling. Let's talk bet regret. And this is this is sloppy. You got to learn. You learn shit from every week. It's betting uh, Auburn minus sixteen. I told everyone this in the bottom. I wouldn't even bet it now because of the weather conditions. Just I, I looked at it. I liked the spot, so I bet it early. And then, obviously, the weather, the total comes way down. So, obviously, the number came down. It closed at 13. I had 16. At least I took Arkansas. And the, one, the good thing I did, though, in that game is I was felt so bad about it that I bought out. I bought our Arkansas plus 21 live. And uh, your boys almost won again. Any thoughts? Oh, we got to get your thoughts on, that, on Arkansas-Auburn. Woo, pig suey. Absolute dumpster fire, dumpster fire. I don't know how we win a game the rest of the year. Just blow the program up. Give us a death sentence. Collins talking Razorback football. I had no – I didn't think that they were going to be able to win this game, and, and they got screwed out of this game because Bo Nix fumbled yep. a snap and then tried to clock it, and he clocked it backwards after he fumbled the snap, and you can't do that. And it's Arkansas ball, and we should have won yep. the game. Bo Nix season in full effect. That's okay. The the under two and for everybody else that has under one and a half. Uh, that's still live tickets for the te- for the team total on Arkansas. But Arkansas eighty nine percent post game win expectancy. That's wow. that's. I'll repeat that eighty nine percent. Auburn had eleven eleven percent post game win expectancy for that game. Arkansas was four point four three points uh, in finishing drives every time they crossed the forty. Auburn was two point eight six. Bo Nix, you know. A pretty pedestrian, 17 for 28, 187 yards and a TD. Felipe Franks is the talk. 318 yards in terrible weather, four TDs, zero interceptions. Auburn secondary stinks, by the way. You've got to watch out for Arkansas. I know Ole Miss is coming to town. I cannot believe the number. I was going to say, live dog, live dog. How I have no clue how I have this this number power rated like at four. I mean, tell tell. I mean, I just keep thinking of this Ole Miss offense. Like, but Arkansas's defense is legit. They're they're doing havoc. They're great in the secondary. They're controlling the trench. I mean, it's gonna be one of my. This is gonna be the best game of the week. I can't wait to dive into the advanced numbers. But yeah, Arkansas is legit. They're back. And best they're game powering. of the week. You forget about Alabama, Georgia. Oh my gosh! All right, that's enough. We'll talk about we'll talk about more of them this later <laughs> in the week. We'll give you your Arkansas time. Colin Stucky Harley from Baton Rouge again. Good fucking thing I opted out of the season, so I didn't have to experience Bozo Pelini giving up forty five points to the. Missouri Tigers, you gotta be f- you bozo Pelini. Yo, Colin and Stucky, really wanted to talk about this LSU defense. Bo Pelini season in full effect. The problem is in LSU, 
having too many young guys. The problem is Bo Pelini. He sucks. Bo Pelini and the tackling, the missed tackles uh, and the assignments and the angles are horrible right now. And he's got to get his shit together and get this team on the same page. Well, at least uh, Edo now has uh, a scapegoat. Apparently, everyone in LC is just putting all of this on Pelini. And uh, maybe they're right. I think yeah. the one thing that we didn't talk about, and I think you deserve an extra rant, we didn't talk about Georgia-Tennessee whatsoever. That second half from Tennessee is every reason why I don't bet on Tennessee football and why I, I don't trust Garantano. And why, I mean, if you look at what they did, fumble on the 21, interception on the 32, fumble touchdown from the 30. I felt great about that bet at the half. but uh, And look, they had some bad things happen to them, but the box score, they got dominated. By the way, NC State with an impressive win again. And that caller was all telling us about the pack. He was right. Uh, the only other game that I really wanted to talk about was, I mean, you can't even make this up at this point. Middle Tennessee State wins outright at FIU. Since I've gone to Murfreesboro, Middle Tennessee State covered backdoor against UTSA, covered backdoor against Western Kentucky, then wins in the fourth quarter again and covers against FIU. I mean – can't make it up. Hope you're enjoying this great Action Network podcast. I want to make sure you know about the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On has a daily podcast on your favorite team. Welcome to you, Locked On 49ers. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. Let's go. Locked On podcasts are hosted by the local experts who know your team better than anyone and give you the inside scoop. So go to your podcast app and search Locked On, your favorite team. Subscribe to your Locked On podcast. So let's get to some weekday college football. Colin, just want to get your quick thoughts on the two games. Why wait for the weekend? Strap in your fun belts and get ready for Maction. It's midweek madness. All right, Wednesday night, we have Coastal Carolina at Louisiana. The Raging Cajuns. Uh, Bet MGM, there's no line out here yet for this game. This is at 7.30 Eastern. I think Louisiana was seven, seven and a half last week when this game got postponed. What do you see here? Yeah, there's some outlets out there sitting around with seven right now. I project this game to be six. Uh, and I think we said this last week. I mean, the, the Coastal Carolina right now is second in the nation in finishing drives. Uh, and, and Louisiana, they're 59th in defensive finishing drives. They're allowing people to score at any time. Uh, I don't expect this to be as fast pace of a game as you would expect. Uh, Coastal ranks almost near last in pace. Uh, and Louisiana's really middle range. They're, they're not as you know, up-tempo as you would think that they are. I think I project the total around 55 and a half. Uh, running some numbers here this evening. But uh, I would look to take Coastal here, especially if you can get a touchdown out of it. Uh, not a huge edge since I projected at six. Fair enough. We'll have a write-up on uh, Action Network app at actionnetwork.com. Make sure you download the app. Uh, once you use the app on a Saturday or Sunday or any day to sweat your games, you will literally never be able to to, to live without it. Uh, so if you don't have the Action app for some reason, please go get it uh, and download it and then live with it. Also, rate, review, subscribe. Tell a friend. Leave a review. It really helps us. All right, let's move on to the Thursday night game. That's Georgia State at Arkansas State. Arkansas State's minus five. For me, I've already capped this game. I bet Arkansas State every week. Shout out to uh, Jay Adams. The most electrifying player in college football. Guess who? Jonathan Adams. That is an unbelievable catch. That is like OBJ. Quarter this time. Oh, Adams. What a play. You would have thought he was LeBron James posting up. Stop it. This is not real. This kid is amazing. Whatever the results are, I'm going to live with them. Last week it was good. They beat Central Arkansas and covered. Thank you. Uh, I will be going back to the well on Thursday. Maybe I'll throw, maybe throw a money line with something else. Maybe I'll play the minus five. I don't know, but I don't cap Arkansas State games this year. You, I, I just bet them. So, but you do. What do you, what do you see here? Well, BetMGM has it out at five right now on Sunday evening. This is a game I projected four and a half. Uh, so, you know, the number is correct. But if I look at the advanced stats, I kind of like Georgia State here. Uh, you know, this is – I know it's a two-game sample, right? I mean, the Panthers have only played 
uh, two games here so far. But if you look at some of the numbers that they posted on defense, they're number one in the nation in defending pass explosiveness and as particularly pass EPA. And that's something that Arkansas State likes to live on. Uh, so how real is this Georgia back seven? How real is this secondary? Uh, they're, you know, 16th in rushing and passing success rate on defense. So I think the defense is something you got to worry about here. And they're also 13th in defensive finishing drives. Now, it's not like, you know, they've been world beaters with their schedule. They've played this far, but they're putting up good numbers on defense. And on offense, they're fourth in the nation in finishing drives. So they have it where they need it. Their, their success rate is good. Uh, they're defending explosive passing well. Uh, and their finishing drives on both defense and offense are good. So I, I think, you know, if this if there's steam coming in on Arkansas State here, I'm probably going to end up on Georgia State. Now, the total is out of BetMGM at 72.5. That's a valid projection. Right now, seconds per play, Georgia State ranks fifth. Arkansas State ranks second. So these two teams like to run at warp speed. Uh, I could not suggest an under on these teams particularly because they're pretty good at putting the ball in the end zone and they run at a lightning pace. So there's going to be a lot of points in this game. Uh, but, uh, you know, the more I look at it, if I get any kind of steam on this Arkansas State number, if I get closer to a six to a six, six and a half, it's going to be all Georgia State for me. There you have it. That is a quick look at your weekday college football games. We'll talk BYU-Houston, the Thursday night episode that we record that will be out overnight for your Friday morning pleasure. Uh, before we get out of here, let's talk Monday night football. Monday Night Football, we have the Chargers at the Saints, the one and three Chargers at the two and two Saints. The Saints are seven point favorites at BetMGM over under 50. The news that you're going to hear all week and leading up to the game is Michael Thomas, who is not out to due to injury. He's out because of an altercation and he apparently got in a fight with Gardner Johnson at practice and so he won't play. Obviously, that's a big blow to the Saints offense. I make this line right around seven. Without Thomas, the Saints offense, it's just not as explosive. Uh, but, you know, so maybe I was thinking about looking at it under. But, look, the Saints defense has all kinds of injuries. And so you're going to have to keep an eye on the injury report to see who's out, who's not. Uh, you know, Their defensive line just needs to get fully healthy so Cam Jordan can – get some attention off them. That's one of the things that's really hurting their defense, including their injuries at safety. The Chargers have in injuries along their offensive line, specifically on the right side, which is supposed to be their strength. We know that Eckler's out. Uh, Herbert's playing well. And the thing with the, that sticks out really to me with the Chargers is that they're playing a lot faster this year. I thought this was going to be a, this really slow team with Taylor, but they're playing fast from a pace perspective. So that's what's what would scare me with the under here. So I, I have no feel in the total. And this is a game that I think I'm going to completely avoid. Uh, I make it near seven, a lot of injury questions. Uh, so I might be staying away here. What do, you, what do you see here? Yeah, I agree with you on taking the over as the number keeps dipping and it's taking just a ton of under action right now. So it's a 49 and a half at bet MGM, you know, the saints, the four, all four games gone to the over, uh, you know, the, the chargers haven't, haven't hit the over as much, but they did last week in a game that was just back and forth at a, at an tempo pace. And it seems the more that Herbert gets comfortable in this offense, uh, the quicker that they're running plays. So, you know, I, I agree. I'm going to take the I'm going to take the over, but I, I think I'll wait for this thing to uh, possibly you know quit moving and then then come in on it. Yeah, Sean Payton has been absolutely ridiculous against the spread in November. Yeah, I mean, the, look, the Saints. I truly believe are a top five team. That's what I have them power rated as uh, when they're fully healthy. They just aren't right now. But you you have you know Ingram on IR, both is questionable, and the Saints just don't give up pressure and they get rid of the ball very quickly. The Chargers, uh, you know, they're going to sit back in their cover three, that their dime defense. I think that the Saints will have some success moving the ball with the short passing attack, which is what they want to do. Kamara will have some success. And Herbert has shown that he can throw the ball down the field and the Chargers will go fast. I think that the Saints are really six, six and a half points better. Uh, and, you know, but the injuries and with the Michael Thomas out, I make it right around seven after – you account for home field keep an eye on the injury report it's going to be important here uh but i think that this is a rare monday night football game that i'm going to be passing on maybe check out some props we'll have 
corner will have his props piece. If you want to bet some props, he always crushes it. If you want to join Colin on the over, sounds like he makes a good case. And it is worth noting, yeah, that the Chargers are, what, sixth in situational neutral pace this year? I mean, that's I, – I can't believe how fast they're playing this year. And, and Herbert has no issues taking shots down the field. The Saints are a snail. They're slow. They're 31st. But that, I just think that they're going to be able to move the ball. So it'll be – I think it's a, an entertaining game. We'll get some more – We'll get some more intel into Justin Herbert. The Saints defense, if they are healthy, you got. I mean, I want to see everyone who's out for the Saints uh, on the defensive side of the ball. But both injury reports are are pretty full. But keep in mind that the Saints, yeah, their last game was at, when, at the Lions, and their offense came to life. It's you know we were we were clowning Drew Brees, and maybe it was just a rust thing, and without preseason, and needed a couple games. So I I'm gonna watch this game. There's gonna be some baseball playoffs on that you can also bet. I don't think I'm going to bet this game, but it's it's going to help me as a better because again we're going to still we, we're still learning about Drew Brees. Is he really done? How much have the has Father Time caught up to him? How much is the drop off? And then Herbert, how good is he really as a rookie? He was named the starter. If he looks like he's going to be the starter moving forward, so uh, it's really an information gathering for me. Colin likes the over. Make sure you check out our uh, Chris Raybon. I'll have a write up on the Action App. Con corner we'll have some really good props stuff uh so no shortage of content for you to check out but we appreciate you guys listening voicemails as always feel free to call anytime all week remember we do have wednesday and thursday college football we'll have content up on the app action network app and actionwork.com for that as well colin thanks for joining me good work this weekend but it's on to next weekend and uh maybe we'll agree on some more games this week and uh get everyone to the window once again so thanks for listening everybody uh appreciate your support we'll be back here on friday morning with the week seven college football preview we'll catch y'all later cheers peace out We're finished talking.